Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the Cubs might slip a bit in August and September. Maybe just a little bit. Not sure. Maybe just a little bit. Um, so today I decided I would go to Fangraphs because that's my default for this kind of stuff, and look at some potential names that might be top 10 in the 2022 draft. Now, when it's probably only going to be about 10 or 12 names that you have to worry about, you really might want to consider doing a bit of homework. Now, there's a couple reasons for that. First, if it's only 10 or 12 names, it's only 10 or 12 names. You know, there's, it's not like, this year, Cubs were drafting 21st. And if you do any sort of homework, you know you're going to, all the questions are going to be about, well, what about Jack Leiter? Well, what about, uh, Kumar Rocker. Well, what about this high school? What about Marcella Meyer? What about, you know, naming names, names, names. And there are a whole bunch of names that the Cubs aren't going to realistically be able to draft. There's just not a realistic chance that most of the names that a lot of people are going to be talking about, are they going to draft this guy? Maybe this guy, perhaps this guy. A lot of those names weren't going to be realistic, realistically possible. Now, I loved watching the uh, college season develop, seeing how this person, that person, the other person and uh, developed. And I did check out a little bit of Jordan Wicks in a couple games. And there were a couple of other games that I wanted to see him in, but stuff would happen. You know, um, ooh, that Jordan Wicks game ought to be going right about now. Let's see, 3.30. Oh, they started at 1? Why'd they start it at 1? Oh, there's weather coming. Okay. So even though I had planned on following a Jordan Wicks start in the middle of April, I didn't because stuff happened. Stuff came up. So when you have 21 people on the list, realistically, the list is about 40 names long. Realistically, if you're trying to figure out who the Cubs are going to get, and it didn't take me too long to realize, you know what? Juggling 40 players isn't going to work with me. It, I, I don't do the um, cut and paste and snip. And well, here, here's a video of this guy. Here's a vid video of this guy. Here's what this guy's swing plane looks like. All that kind of stuff. But if the Cubs are going to struggle, and struggle they may, in August and September, there is a very realistic chance the Cubs might be drafting in the top 8, 9, 10, 12, 13 picks. They won't draft 11 because Kumar Rocker is not going to sign. He will go back to school. And the 11th spot will be available for the New York Metropolitans, 
they're going to have a bad draft in 2020. Their, their draft is not going to look good retroactively. 2021, now that draft, they might look fairly decent. But um, So I went to Fangraphs, and I decided, I'm going to look at the top you know, 12, 15 names. I want to find a guy that I can research a little tiny bit. I, I, it's way too early to do any honest-to-goodness research on the draft. So I wanted to do a little bit on one guy. So I was looking, who's the guy that lo- looks like... I was looking for a college player. College player from a legitimate college conference that was a hitter. And I looked up and saw Peyton Graham, a third baseman from Oklahoma. Peyton Graham, third baseman, Oklahoma. Looked up his numbers his freshman year were better than his numbers in his sophomore year. But his numbers in his sophomore year, like 11 homers, that's pretty good. Uh, OPS over 900 in the Big 12. Since he's Oklahoma, look for him to be in the SEC next year which is going to be an absolute beast of a conference. Because they are already good when they had 12. Now they're going to have 14, adding Texas and Oklahoma. Lordy, that's going to be a good conference. Um, so, Kevin Graham. No, no, Peyton Graham. Kevin Graham. Wow, that's a, that's a retro. Um, Peyton Graham, third baseman. Don't really know a whole lot about him, but he did play in the... Cape Cod League, let's see, saying he played in the Cape Cod League. He's probably playing in the Cape Cod League because the Cape Cod League is ongoing, I would imagine. Yarmouth Dennis, I think. Uh, Four home runs, hitting about 250, 260, which is pretty good in the Cape Cod League because you're getting used to wood bats and facing guys you haven't faced before, and a lot of them are really good. So, yeah, but I said Peyton Graham. I wanted to do a little bit of research on him, so I went to my default, or what used to be my default, the baseball cube. I don't know if you've ever visited the baseball cube. The baseball cube is, I mean, was a fantastic site. What you do, you go to the baseball cube, you type in a name at the top, top right, and it would give you all the names that would be applicable, and you'd click on the one that was the one that you were actually interested in. So I typed in Peyton Graham. There are two Peyton Grahams, both spelled P-E-Y-T-O-N. One of them is a relief pitcher for... Wow, which school was that? Um, Some play... Like, wool... Louisiana Tech or some school that I, I, w- I wasn't expecting. Um, well, Peyton Graham, relief pitcher for, but it wasn't, it wasn't Louisiana Tech because I remember Louisiana Tech. It was you know, one of those uh, uh, schools that has a hyphen in it or a slash or a, you know something parenthetical. It just, okay, no, that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. So I click on Peyton Graham. I, what, what happens 
is you type the player's name and all the information shows up right in the middle of your computer screen. You can grab a cup of coffee, grab a bagel with some jelly on it. You just sit down and you look at this page for however the heck long you want. Oh, okay, that's what his OPS is. Oh, his stolen bases. Okay, that's kind of cool. Oh, down at the bottom, let's look at his defensive stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. Excellent. How, how did he adjust from his freshman year to his sophomore year? Oh, this guy over here, he, he changed schools. Okay, how did he do? And you just take forever and you look at the one page and it's fantastic. Or it was. It was fantastic. Now you click on it. And after about four or five seconds, you get a big old monster ad. Now I get ads. I understand ads. People have ads so they get paid. I get that. I get that. You have the ad so somebody watches the ad. Then the ad gets over, and you go back to your movie, or whatever it is, right? The ads are annoying, but you get over it. On Baseball Cube. Here, right over the one entire area that I want to read, here's this big old ad. It's like, jeez, how annoying. Okay, well, whatever. I'll scroll down to, you know, the part that I'm looking for, the down bottom right over there, and you... And ad, click, done with ad, make this thing go away. It goes away and it's replaced by another kind of an ad thing that just takes up the entire screen. Why do I want to go to Baseball Cube if I can't read stats? That's exactly why I go to Baseball Cube. So I can check out this stat and then compare them to this other guy and then before long, I'm over here checking this other thing, and, and 45 minutes later, I've learned some stuff. Now, uh, 45, what happened? The ads, I, I hit click, you know, and ads cease, desist, die, stop, never do this again. I'm triggered. Um, okay, well, it doesn't want to stop. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go in the kitchen, grab something to drink, grab a water, reload my water. You know, nah, 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 nah. Okay, that's three or four minutes. Okay, now, now I'll go back because the ad will be, the ad's still going. Might be a different ad, but I can't use Baseball Cube anymore. Of course, there's a scroll up there. That says, if you use Baseball Cube Premium, then you get... You, you eliminate the ads. It's like, really, dudes? Really? You had an action. If you want to have a thing where you have a really nice functional screen, you have a really, then you want to pop a, an advert for 30 seconds and somebody has to put up with an advert for 30 seconds. And then you have everything just exactly the way you wanted, the way it was before. Maybe after 15 minutes, you pop up another 30 second ad. Okay, that would be annoying as all heck, but at least I could still use your site. Now I can't use Baseball Cube, which really sucks because that was something I was quite comfortable with. Now I'm going to have to go find something else. Now, I'll find something else. I could probably use Fangraphs and locate something quite similar to it and have a whole lot better research than I have on Baseball Cube. 
The only thing I wouldn't have is the screen that I'm used to that I peruse at my own will. But, uh, wow, that really sucks that I can't really use Baseball Cube anymore. That really sucks. Um, I sent a question into Arizona Phil, and I was vague. I apologize. I was vague. I asked him on what days players can opt out of contracts. And he very logically, and he, he, I was vague. He thought I was talking about players like Tony Singrani or you know, minor leaguers who have an in-season opt-out with their minor league deal. And usually, yes, that is exactly what I would be talking about. But in this instance, I want to know on what days uh, Nick Castellanos can opt out of his major league contract in the offseason. Because when a player has an offseason opt-out of their contract, there are specific days, and I think it's usually about a week, maybe a little bit shorter than a week, so like four or five days maybe, that a player can opt out of his contract because Nick Castellanos has a contract for 2020. He had an opt-out after 2020. He has the contract in 2021. He has an opt-out after 2021. Then it's like 2022, 2023, 2024 with an option for 2025, something along those lines. People keep talking about how Nick Castellanos, he's going to opt out of his contract and the Cubs ought to sign Nick Castellanos when he opts out of his contract. And Nick Castellanos would want to do that because he so enjoyed playing for the Cubs when he was with Chicago. Well, I... Um, if you're walking into a convo with that being your starting point and end point, yeah, that, that perfectly well walks through. You know, it's like uh, he's having a good year. He might not especially like it in Cincinnati. Um, he liked it in Chicago. So he should opt out and come to Chicago. And yeah, if that's your start point and your end point, yeah, it makes sense. Um, two problems I'm seeing. One, right now Cincinnati is a better team than Chicago. Right now, in 2022, Cincinnati is still probably going to be a better team than Chicago. Why would he want to opt out of a contract with Cincinnati and go to a worse team? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't seem to make all sense. And of course, the bigger reason is, well, when I find out from Arizona Phil on what days Nick Castellanos can opt out of his contract, I'll let you know. But let's say it is a uh, major league season ends, what, October 29th? I, I'm just guessing, you know, it's, oh no, it's the 26th, yeah, yeah, how do you not know that? I really don't know. I haven't looked ahead. But let's say it's season ends on the 26th. Then probably players would be able to opt out between November 1st and November 4th or something like that. They're free to opt out over this short window. And if they don't announce they are opting out over those four or five days, then they're not opting out and the rest of their contract kicks in. There's a matter of time 
there there are a few days and it's not a he can wait until uh march 17th and then opt out no there is there are specific days that he has toward the very start of the off season that he can opt out so here's the hiccup with opting out here's the hiccup with op- opting out right now in 2021 again let's say world series ends 26 and 29th and he has uh november 2nd 3rd 4th and 5th he can opt out on any one of those four days just pulling numbers doesn't specifically mean that's when it would be but something along those lines probably is how it works he has probably about four days to decide when he's going to opt out it's usually uh starts seven days after the world series ends, something like that so november 2nd 3rd 4th and 5th we zoom our clock ahead to november 2nd 3rd 4th and 5th will nick castellanos opt out of his contract and why some people will say oh well He's definitely going to opt out of his contract because he liked it in Chicago and he really hates um, Skyline Chili and he'd rather have Chicago-style pizza and be on the score a lot. Okay, that, that's why he's going to opt out. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, that, that would be reasons, I guess. Here's what I'm saying. There is going to be a strong possibility, if not a probability, of a lockout or a strike this offseason. So, let's say there is a lockout. Lockout. Everybody's locked out. None of the major leaguers are getting paid. Now, for that, it wouldn't really matter a whole lot if Castellanos is opting out or did opt out because he won't get paid for the time there's a lockout or a strike either way. However, when everything returns back to normal, are owners going to pay more or less for the type of free agent that Nick Castellanos is after the new collective bargaining agreement is agreed upon? More, less, about the same. Well, first off, I don't know. know, It could be that owners, after the CBA gets signed, decide, you know what? I'm going to start spending $343 million a year because my fans want me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could happen. I'm not seeing it. Delta variant. I bring it up a whole lot more than a lot of sports people do. Delta variant has shut down games in Australia again this weekend. 22 games in the regular season over 23 weeks. Teams get one week off somewhere in between for a bye. Teams are playing their 19th game of the season this year. 
and the, ooh, I'm going to say Victoria government. I could be wrong on that, but I'm sounding like I know what I'm talking about with Australian politics, even though I have no idea. I think it's the Victorian government said, no, you're not playing. Nobody's playing here. You're not playing games. You're not playing rugby. You're not playing Australian football. You're not playing netball. You're not playing anything. Now, true, that is Australia. And Australia is a little bit different. But right about now, the... I'll put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. This week, we have had a hell of a week. Hell of a week making some trades, and there were at least two, and I think three trades the Cubs made. I think one of them was Rizzo. I think one of them was Chafin. I think one of them was Baez, which probably would then include Trevor Williams, where the Cubs paid the entire contract. Cubs paid the entire contract or left the contract to league minimum for the other team for the rest of the season. Why were the Cubs doing that? Was it out of the goodness of their heart? <laughs> no. No, Jed Hoyer was, hey, can I please help you guys financially? No, that wasn't it. The agreement was... If you pay off more of the contract, then we will offer more in prospects. Cubs could have paid the the Cubs could have paid um pretty much the entire uh, could have left the entire thing for the Mets to pay or the Yankees to pay, but what they realized was there are a number of teams who for reasons either they don't want to run up against the contract uh the spending limit or whatever the teams would the teams were willing to pay more in prospects if the cubs were willing to pay more in money now why would that be because owners value money owners value money and the executives have spending limits. So if the Cubs were willing to pay more off of Anthony Rizzo's contract, of Javier Baez's contract, then the team was willing to say, we will let you have a better prospect return if you pay down the contract. Well, why would somebody who has, you know, a, Three million, three billion dollar, billion and a half, whatever, whatever the Yankees are worth. What, what are the Yankees? What are the Yankees valued at? Cubs, I think, are like three million. Yankees got to be five two or something like that. You know, some, so, but the Yankees are Rizzo. What do he have left on his deal? Five six. No, probably more than that. Probably a little bit more than that. But not. Baez was making what? 14? 
So he's probably six million. And the teams wanted to have the Cubs pay down the limit, pay down the amount, because with the Yankee in the Yankees' case, if they were only paying league minimum for Rizzo the rest of the way, that would mean they would have the opportunity to pivot yet again and get someone else before the trade deadline. Because it was, you know, every every owner has a magic number for his general manager. Now you throw in Delta variant where owners know, owners know this. If you ask someone who is a fan of baseball but doesn't pay any attention to Delta variant, you're not really too worried about it. I don't care about that. I just want my team to win. Okay, fine. But if you're talking about what does an owner think? Oh, well, the owner wants to spend a whole lot of money and win the championship. No, actually, the owner wants to make money regardless whether his team's any good or not. He wants to make money whether there's Delta variant or not. Tom Ricketts is going to pay down on salary next year. I'm confident on it. Now, how down, how low is it? I should look. I'm going to have to look up. Um, <sighs> Cots. Cots baseball to see. Um, I'm going to have to look up Cots baseball to see how much the Cubs are actually spending on payroll this year. Then compare that to the year before and the year before and the year before. And see what the, you know, is it actually going down or is it going up or is it going in between or is it going what? And then um, try to assess based on that what um, what I expect for next year. Wow, I, I seem to have wandered a bit. I'm sorry. Um, but no, as the season progresses... Sometime you're going to get to that point where I have 10 minutes before I have to do that thing. 10 minutes before I have to do that thing. Go to your favorite go-to. As far as Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, Fangraphs, whatever it is. Look up the top 10 or 12 names on their draft list. I should look up Mason McCray. I, I know Mason McRae has his 2022 list, and he he has it tongue in cheek. He you know he he's pretty much admitting, yeah, this is going to change a whole lot, and you know I'm just basing this on some stuff. But uh, nonetheless, if you're looking at a guy who's in the top 10 or 12 for this cycle, there's a really good reason for it. He has something he's probably really good at, and Peyton Graham, Oklahoma third baseman. I'm kind of interested in him. I also wish that uh, Baseball Cube hadn't been... I, I, I wish Baseball Cube was still usable for me. But it's not. So, uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, and yeah, Nick Castellanos. I have no idea how long he's going to have to opt out. But with Delta Variant... With owners in the central United States really not all that interested in spending any money, he might as well just accept his $18 million. 
Now, in some some certain situations, he might be able to make more than that. And yeah, it sounds like DH might be coming across the league, but I don't know that he's going to get a whole lot more than eighteen million. And if you opt out, and then three or four days later, here comes Delta variant and a lockout. Well, there might go a whole bunch of his money. So I think that uh, somebody who's saying Nick Castellanos is going to opt out, they'd probably better talk a little bit more about Delta variant. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe. Be nice to other people. And it's almost Sunday morning. So have a great Sunday. And be sure you're ready for the start of Monday. Have a great night.